0: Maybe Morgan dressed like Wolverine Maybe Dave ate his way out of trouble Maybe Dustin's diorama came in last Maybe Morgan tunneled out of jail Maybe Dustin ran for council member Maybe Dave found himself horribly miscast Find out what happened Yes, find out what happened
1: to When Last We Left Our Podcast, a bi-weekly storytelling podcast hosted by me, Morgan devoir, and me, Destiny Adato, and featuring this week's special guest, Lynn Bixenspan.
2: Yay! Hi, can I ask a question? I We're off to the races. I thought this,
0: was a, yeah, go <laughs> I thought this yeah. was a
2: good thing. Okay, so I, I was listening to the theme song, which I really like, and it took me a second to figure out, were you saying baby or maybe? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. okay, because at first I, I was like...
1: Oh, baby Morgan, Justice Wolverine, <laughs> the most adorable little Wolverine.
0: We should do a throwback episode where we tell stories from our being babies. And yeah, we could call it Podcast
1: Babies. <laughs> <laughs> different theme song that would need a very much <laughs> slightly. I'm gonna finish the intro that okay. I wrote. <laughs> but, um, That's who I sure. am. But you're already ruining special, everything. Special guest rules. That part of that is part of the compact. Is that uh, special guest is allowed to interrupt me in the middle of the uh, intro? I didn't know it was the intro. Each week, we tell true... Thank you. That is, a, that is a compliment to my smooth reading style.
2: What did you think it was? Did you think it was just talking? I didn't know it was an official intro. was an
1: official... This is notarized. <laughs> Each week, we tell true life stories inspired by events that happened to us since the last time we recorded this podcast. When last we left our podcast, Morgan drove a friend to tears... Dustin shook a stick at young people and Dave grappled with mortality. This week, <laughs> Dave gets some screaming, Morgan gets some yogurt, Dustin gets some onion dip, and Lynn gets some heckles. Go! <laughs> I like that your
0: story's gonna be getting heckled, Lynn. <laughs> I,
3: I haven't I haven't had to adjust the volume on our podcast in, 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 in five episodes. Uh. And now I have to bring everybody down.
0: No, don't don't worry about it. I'll fix it in nope. post. Ooh. No,
3: you won't. That's not how audio works. And that's that's I, how that uh, you yep. hear it in TV shows. So yeah, I I fix think it, it in post it works. Yeah, it's not how audio works. It's gonna yeah. fix it in
1: post.
0: Yeah. Guys, I yep.
2: have an infection in the spaces in my head.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. 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 Lynn does actually yeah. have a sinus infection, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, but Morgan, I, very I, thought, to be here today. I thought you were. I thought you were doing a great job. Thank you. No, that's all that's I
1: appreciate
0: that. But
2: not as great as what I could bring to it.
1: <laughs> sure. No. I mean, we've often been missing that certain that certain brand X that makes <laughs> the
3: Um So we agree that this bringing on a guest is a failed experiment, right? <laughs> never again. Never again. I'm
2: just going to go now, but it was, it was great to it was great be meeting had you, by you. <laughs> yeah. Well...
3: Should we get into our first show? Sure, let's
0: start. Uh, That's me, right? It is you. I'm Dave. You're the Dave of them all. Uh, Okay, so um, I'll tell a story. My wife and I are uh, circling the idea of whether or not to have kids, and mostly circling and fleeing Um, the idea. Uh, And um, in part... Uh, It's just that we're very busy people. In part, it's a bunch of other shit that I don't need to get into. But um, uh, we've made no solid decisions. Um, But every so often, we'll have, like, a run of just seeing kids at their worst and being like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. So on uh, Tuesday of this week, um, a friend of ours... uh, because we got done with work, and we were home, and we were tired, and we were thinking, well, let's just watch a bunch of Family Feud and order Thai food, because that's our date night, guys. <laughs> um, uh, and we were about midway into that when a friend of ours um, uh, texted us and was like, hey, uh, you guys want to get a drink in the neighborhood? lives in our neighborhood. And uh, so we only wanted to get a drink that was like a block away from our house. So we were like, all right, we'll get over our inertia and actually go out and we hadn't seen this guy in a while and also he was going away for like three weeks so we figured it was a good idea we go out and we get a drink we have a nice time with this guy uh do some chatting do some drinking and it's like 10 30 a school night so we're like all right time to go home so we walk back to our block which is 40th street in sunnyside sunnyside is a very nice little neighborhood in queens and um we're walking up it um, Sunnyside is in Queens, like I said, uh, which means it's incredibly ethnically diverse, uh, and that means you get like this like in- very cross-cultural experience of uh, of people um, and of uh, uh, parenting styles, um, and there are there's a, a, an extended f- a group of families um, from India, all of whom live on our block in different buildings. A couple of them live in our building and a couple other families live in a building next to us and then a couple down the block. Uh, There's probably in total a dozen adults and a huge number of children Um, uh, and I don't know if this is a cultural thing I don't know much Uh, there's there's an obvious language barrier um, and there's an obvious cultural barrier so You know, we're we're all very friendly to each other. We wave at each other, say hi. But there's not a lot of, like, hey, could you explain why, like, there's, like, 80 children? (laughs) You know? Because, again, my wife and I are, like, I don't know if we want kids at all.
3: You know? Um, But definitely not, like, a dozen. Not a dozen. Not those, yeah.
0: Um, And, you know, then you start writing it in your head of, like, well, is this, uh, you know, like, a lower middle class thing? You know, because, like... Uh, economics can drive the number of children you have or like whatever or is it just like a thing that this family is doing and not representative at all of their culture or whatever um, but the point is that there's a lot of kids on the block who don't really speak uh, great English because they're like first generation uh, to to to, to uh, New York and um, this particular night we're coming up our block, it's up the top of a hill um, and uh, one of the adults and a couple of her kids are walking up sort of at pace with us, but we're walking slightly faster than them um, and one of the kids is like a seven year old uh, sort of goofy uh, boy who's like got a ball and he's like laughing or whatever uh, and then. There's the the adult who's like in her mid thirties. She's uh she's you know, got sort of the mom face of like, it is ten thirty and I just want these kids to go to bed. And then one of the kids is this adorable, like two and a half year old child, like female, uh two and a half, with a scooter, a pink dress, and a little like toy purse. And she is scream crying. She like, she's on the scooter, so she's scooting like she's like you know using it to go at the at the fastest a two and a half year old child can go on a scooter, which is about walking pace, <laughs> while crying uncontrollably. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things about children is when they do that when they uh, get upset, but they keep doing. The thing, like if I were crying uncontrollably, everything stops. I just sit on my bed and go, <laughs> I'm so sad. But a child who is that sad still keeps multitasking. So we're, they all live in our building, so they're coming up with us, and she is just shrieking uncontrollably. And you can see the mom sort of looking at us like, I'm sorry. And both Kelly and I and my wife just start laughing. And then the mom starts laughing. And then the boy starts laughing. And the kid, realizing that we're all laughing at her, starts shrieking (laughs) worse, And she's just utterly losing her shit as we turn the corner to go into like the little courtyard and then up to the the door and then we open the door I let them all in the child looks up at me and shrieks (laughs) and then we all go into like the lobby where she puts her scooter down screams some more we press the elevator button we all wait as she shrieks in the lobby so it's echoing (laughs) Um the elevator comes i open the door for everybody and she leaves her scooter at the front so i have to be like you left your scooter she's she continues crying <laughs> as she looks back at her scooter walks slowly back to it <laughs> picks it up still like ah, 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 grabs the scooter comes into the elevator puts the scooter down continues to cry I ask the mother what floor. She goes, second floor, please. (laughs) And we're all, like, Kelly starts laughing again. So I start laughing again. The mother starts laughing again. The son starts laughing again. As the child (laughs) looks at all of us laughing and continues to shriek. I hit floor two, then floor five, because that's where we're going. So the door's open on two. The family gets out and she forgets her fucking scooter again. (laughs) (laughs) So she has to turn around because now the mom's like, the scooter. She has to turn around again, re-enter the elevator that I'm holding the door open for her on. Like, Shriek at all? Of us. <laughs> Grab the scooter and walk back out. The door closes. We go upstairs. The door reopens. We open it. We can still hear her <laughs> three floors down. Um, we go inside. We look at each other and we just start laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. Um, under normal circumstances, like uh, we would just be like, boy, oh boy, do we not want kids? But for some reason, that time we were both like, huh. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's it.
1: So, <laughs> so you don't feel like you made any progress backwards or frontwards in terms of no, what you want? that was a
0: total yeah, neutral, total a, neutral. Normally, it would normally drive us to paroxysms of never, never, right. never. But like, do you feel like that in and of itself is some sort of progress? I don't know but, why i call it progress. No, it's, that's you know, the wrong like, word. But, like, it's it's something. It helped that we had had a couple of drinks. But, <laughs> yeah. you
3: know. I think it shows a softening.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. To kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it helped that the kid was adorable and yeah. was wearing a pink dress and carrying a purse while yeah. freaking the hell out. You
3: know? my, my wife and I have agreed that we're not going to have kids, but she also agreed that... If the kid did adorable things, no matter how bad they did them, like, I wouldn't let the kid get away with fucking anything. Oh, as yeah. long as, yeah. like, as long as their response was hilarious enough. Yeah. I yeah. would be the worst parent. Like, when <laughs> a kid's in school, if the kid said something, like, obnoxious to the teacher,
0: yeah.
3: like, I would get mad, like, that was dumb or that was funny. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, as long as it was funny, fine. Like, slide, slide. If, if right.
0: I if I had a kid and they, like, uh, bought a gun and I found out I and they went... I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, you, don't gun.
3: do that again. Also,
2: they're like 25 in this scenario. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah,
3: exactly. When I'm at sporting events, I like to yell out, your team is not as good as our team at the basic fundamentals of the game. <laughs> um, because you know, because that's what you're really yelling. Right. So, like, if I had a kid who did that in school versus, like, you suck. I'd yeah. Be like, yeah, you're... Good you. Could I,
0: rem- I, re- I remember once uh, at the college that both Morgan and I, and I went to. Um, it was a very, very anti-sport college. Did not have a lot of sports, but it had a rugby team. And once, uh, because that was hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. And and once uh, Vassar's rugby team came and beat the hell out of us, just trounced us. But they played on the field next to the library, and at one point, uh, one of Vassar's like players picked up the ball and punted it, uh, which is what you do in rugby just normally. But it bounced off our library, and one of the guys on the sideline just screamed, "They hit our library!" Yeah.
1: <laughs> which has always stuck with me. Like twenty years later, I still think that's fucking hilarious. I seem to recall our college's only varsity team was kickball too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm, yeah, I think that was actually the case when we were there. I Division right. one. Division two, we weren't good enough kickballers to be Division one. <laughs> we didn't really master the fundamentals of that. Yeah. Um, Morgan, you want to you share your first? Sure. So, two years ago, um, almost exactly, I took my first voiceover, commercial voiceover class. And that was followed by a second class and then some coaching. And um, then, about a year ago, little wonder, I landed my first ever gig. Um, this is to supplement my meager income as a graphic designer for a small publisher that does a lot of romance. Um, I learned my first gig, Time slows down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. The one where my directions were just pretend you're like a wizard or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was the directors came straight from South Korea, and there was a bit of a language gap. So translating that through the poor beleaguered sound engineer was a challenge. So I was literally standing behind the microphone, making like energy ball motions yeah. with my hands, trying to get to the right space. It
0: was a cool ad, though. The, I, yeah, I it, was, it, it was. It was
1: pretty cool. neat. It had colored smoke and an old timey race car and stuff. So. I got picked up by talent agency not too long after that. Not picked up. I, like, sent out my my demo and resume to a bunch of places. And the one that responded took me. (laughs) And um, they sent me off to, I've been doing auditions on my lunch break, uh, which kind of annoyed them that I can only do one a day. But, like, dude, I I don't have money to just, like, quit my day job and just pursue this. Um, But I also don't make enough money at my job to just have my day job. It's kind of one of the, I mean, I've always been interested in the voiceover, but one of the reasons I'm doing this is I need the money. Um, so for about nine months, nothing really happened. I did a bunch of auditions. But then this past Wednesday, I got hired just based off of a demo, no audition or anything, to do a commercial for yogurt. I told this to a friend of mine uh, that morning before I went and recorded, this friend of mine, Sarah, and she's like... She, first, she was very congratulatory. She's like, that's great. That's so cool. And then she's like, uh, but that probiotic stuff is probably such a scam. I'm like probably is. Like, I don't know anything about that. Um, but who knows? Uh, Lynn is raising, yes.
2: Uh, I don't know specifically about this yogurt, but yogurt, all yogurt has probiotics. Right. There's nothing
1: special about, yeah. I mean, that's just yogurt.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, in general, yes, yogurt has cultures that are probiotics that are good for you and you should be taking, especially if like you're on antibiotics. All right, science
3: back. Uh, No, I appreciate that. And for the record, I think they're very successful because I assume they're pooping all the
1: time. Just left and right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's probably true. Uh, So I got to the recording studio that, that afternoon. Um, And I guess the the reason I bring up the thing with Sarah was there's that thing in the back of my mind of like, the morals, if you think something might be a scam, how do I, which which we can get to later on. Um, Lynn's already laughing. I suspect I know where that's going. Um, But so there's that sort of dilemma of, like, at what point do I say no? Or can I afford to say no? So I go to the recording studio, and it was in this really upscale area, or this really upscale building in the Flatiron area of Manhattan. And, um, you know, it was one of those places, like, beautiful polished wood floor, enormous white couches everywhere. The bathrooms were these, like, futuristic pods behind these wall panels that were almost hidden And everything was so well designed and engineered that I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to throw my paper towels away because I couldn't find the garbage (laughs) because it was probably another hidden wall panel. So I just kind of crumpled it up and left it by the sink like an offering. (laughs) (laughs) So the time came to go and uh, record, and they led led me to this fairly large sound booth room, um, which had that sort of soundproofing on three of the four walls and had a big screen high-res TV and then this big window, which looked out on a much larger room, where the sound engineer, the director, and then two women who I assume were producers sat sprawled on even more large white couches. Before we began, they showed me the commercial they'd be voicing. And the way the commercial works is this woman walks through a series of half sets representing her workaday world as a as people pander things and just make life miserable for her, all the while she's maintaining this sort of gaze with us as she walks from room to outside to room to outside to room uh then suddenly the music stops with a sort of a sad trombone it goes, <laughs> Meow. and then her tummy is sad and they show her tummy becomes this like yellow balloon overlaid with all of the symptoms that you could get um also the the tummy they show it's a naked tummy it's not her tummy it's this like creepy cgi tummy with this like weird slit of a belly button that you could tell they labored a lot on to make it look like a belly button, but not look too much like a belly button. I point out all these details because I had to watch that commercial over and over and over again for two and a quarter hours while I recorded three lines of dialogue. Um, also, something that I thought was funny was that at one point, the woman goes over to her refrigerator and she opens it up, and it's stocked every single shelf with yogurt except for like, a thing of carrots so she doesn't look like a crazy person
0: <laughs> <laughs> if anything that makes her look crazy right? <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah and she, she grabs one that's like free and she pulls it to the camera and she smiles and again because i watched it so many times I start to notice that like you know that practiced motion of all of her hand gestures and her walk and just her face is made up to cover every little line that she could possibly have because she has you know she's a human being um every artifice all for the sake of selling this yogurt, this commercial that people will see maybe a couple of times, and they're doing everything in their power. The way they're directing me, every single line reading, there's a slight nuance change. There's, oh, you're a little high in the top, so why don't you bring that down a bit, but you're dropping off at the end there once you bring that up a bit. Um, There was, at one point, they gave me a really long version. They needed me to fit a five-second space. And after several reads, I was getting it to six. And after a bunch more, they're like, "Okay, well, that's good. You got it at four and a half. So let's do it again and just really play with that extra time there. <laughs> just really let it breathe. That half second that you've got. Also,
0: isn't there software for that? Like well, that was my
1: thought. It was yeah. That, like I've read about
0: like software that can remove like pauses and like yeah.
1: Like well, and if you listen to legal things at the end, it's clearly been compressed. Set up. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, well, but I didn't want to tell that to them because you know they're paying me money. Sure. Um, and then between all this, the, the uh, so I was rereading that same line of dialogue over and over and over again. And then the poor engineer would have to loop that in, interspersed with. And this is the other weird thing: was uh, there were these long pauses of, of twenty minutes to a half an hour where I would just be standing there because for whatever reason they needed to get approval for this commercial in real time for each take. So they'd get like a batch of takes, they take the best one, drop it into the commercial, and then send it out to some mysterious third party. And then I would wait. And then, like, a half an hour later, they get back to me, like, okay, well, we're going to do that one again.
3: You gotta sit alone in the booth for 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: stand alone oh. in the booth. They, oh. they, they legs like,
3: sit down? They had
1: a stool, but, like, the stool was positioned in such a way in front of the window where everyone could just see me, whereas standing behind, like, the recording equipment, I could kind of be in my own world a little bit, so I felt really ob. Also, I'm short and the stool's really high, so I felt really obvious just sitting on the stool like a, like a child going to the barber for his first time. Like your feet don't touch the floor. Yeah, yeah. Not at all. Um... It was a very surreal experience. And um and I guess the reason I, I tell this story is to go back to that earlier point of as you say, it's probably not a scam, but it's also like the phrasing of the copy has the word may in it. May, blah 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 blah. These statements are not endorsed by the FDA. Yeah, these statements may not be true. Like where do you draw the line? They, that, and that's the thing, that's advertising. And at one point, I was auditioning for a Camel Cigarettes commercial. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking, yeah, I don't want to get this. But I'm also, I just started with this agency. I couldn't just say, like, gosh, there are certain commercials I'm not going to take. Like, I didn't want them to drop me I either.
0: think you are. Like, I think that is something you're allowed to do.
2: Is it really? yeah, yeah. I'm
1: told that.
0: I yeah.
2: mean, whether or not they have an opinion about that, obviously, is up to them. But I feel like cigarettes especially, like, people... Like, yeah. Could, like, because you wouldn't... I feel like... Not, it's not like even like you're going to get a ton of money for it. So if you're going to feel shitty and like it's against your ethics.
1: Right. Well, although that is a thing. The amount of money I'm getting for it, for me, is a ton of money. Because, you know, I, I'm starting off and I don't make a lot of my, my day job. So it is that question of where does one draw the line when you sell out? I once
0: refused to go in for a commercial audition that I got cold called on. Like somebody had seen my headshot and wanted me to come in for it. But it was for... Uh, Bud Light.
2: I remember that. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I ca- I think I called you and was like, I
2: don't know what to do. Um, and I was like, Do it.
1: Yeah, you, you, you actually did. <laughs> I, I, I've I auditioned did. for a ton of Bud and Coors commercials.
0: Um, I I and no judgment to people who, who do do that, but like yeah. I I couldn't. I, I I made the decision I couldn't do that. Um, yeah. Uh, Good for you. I mean, not I and the amount of times I've mentioned on this podcast drinking, um, like it's not a, it's not an alcohol thing. It's just it's it's. I don't know, like, yeah.
1: selling that stuff. I don't know. It definitely feels like a different level. Yeah,
0: maybe.
2: So do you guys think I'm a bad person because I'm a copywriter? And <laughs> Not I, at all. And no, I well, make... that's
1: my question is we're all doing this just to survive and to pursue the things that artistic pursuits that we do want to pursue. Yeah. That are Like, you never know where that paycheck's going to come from. And I, I had to make promos
3: for arena football. And if there's one thing I don't believe in, it's arena football.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. but arena football isn't like... See, like,
3: no, maybe, it's a, it's an affront to God.
0: <laughs> well, if if you think about the it, injuries those guys take and how sure, bad that sure. is for yeah. health, I mean, but it, the arenas probably safer than than the NFL. At least they've got cushioning That's at true. the arena. Mm-hmm. 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 There's still there's still three hundred pounds of people running it's, into it's, each other. It's, it's, miles it's, probably, it's called yeah.
3: the indoor war for a reason. <laughs> partially because we made that up yeah we
1: were... need to rhyme war with something and we need to say that it's an arena get the thesaurus <laughs> are there four players you could say the indoor four no, no there's <laughs> way more <laughs> than four there's, there's, there's the indoor more than four <laughs> that's confusing but, but lynn you were saying about it. It's the indoor four.
2: i well i mean and a lot of what i do is like medical and pharmaceutical writing which is sort of related to what you're saying because you're talking about claims so so much of what i do i mean i i do like i do some patient and consumer but a lot of what i do is actually directed at healthcare professionals so it's doctors nurses or even sometimes insurance companies so that i mean you have to say may because that's true like nothing is going to be true 100 percent of the time that's just like Science fact. No, that's so That's, true. That, that's, that's a good not point. like a reason to be dubious about it. That's just like
1: no. And it wasn't that specifically that threw me. It was first my friend saying like, "Oh, that's probably a scam," and then seeing that on top of it, it kind of reinforced that whether or not that was a correct belief, but did make me think about that.
2: And then also recently, I was on an episode of Doctor Oz that was about pre and pro probiotics. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Specifically, which is kind of funny um, so when you talk about uh, like the artifice of, of television. I mean this isn't advertising specifically, but they when I got brought on, they wanted somebody to make a video, just like a webcam video. And they wanted it to be like a song about like the belly blues and talking about like how you were bloated and I didn't know why. I was just like, all right, sing a song about bloated farts. Like this is pretty much pretty up my alley. Whale
0: house. <laughs> this
2: is at my whale house. So we did that um and then they asked us to come on the show show the video and then meet Dr Oz so i like didn't know anything about dr oz or the tv show i never watched it until i was actually on it and what they did was like portray us as dr oz super fans who had sent in this video of our own accord to get advice and i'm i'm not sure how often that happens um yeah. But I was like...
0: It's so weird that they didn't tell you that, though.
2: I think they did at some point. They did at some point. I don't remember what point it was. I'm not trying to say, like, I was tricked or anything. Right. Um,
1: they probably... Yeah, they they, they told you how it was get framed, but...
2: I don't... Yeah, but that I didn't... Were, were, you, were
0: you on their property when they told you that? Like, in other words, did they, did they send you an email before you were going to come in and be like, oh, just so you know. I
2: didn't meet them. I spoke to them on the phone... It was a little confusing, like, because they wanted, like, me to pretend I was, like, friends with the girl who I did it with, who I, like, vaguely knew from comedy, but, like, I hadn't been the one to bring her in, so we just, like, recorded this thing in my house, and then we went on, and they were, like, showed it in advance, but, like, we didn't meet him in advance, we didn't even, like, step foot, uh, like, inside the, like, onto the set. So I was—it was actually like a little nerve-wracking because it was like, uh, okay, uh, Dr. Oz is over there. Like, you're gonna walk out and hug him. I was like, uh, <laughs> no, know we're hugging him. And they're like, he's gonna love it. He loves hugging and love. And then I like—I feel like I hugged him, and he was like, all right. And like, but Jeez. what I didn't realize is that it's essentially selling probiotics, and that was the whole reason for it. Like, I thought it was like just give advice, and I didn't know that there was like this whole company website set up. To sell supplements, right. so it kind of went from, especially since it was like such a silly like let's make a video essentially about being bloated and farted, farting type thing. Like, I thought that that was kind of like, gonna be tonally what the rest also, of also
0: was like. You're okay.
2: a vegan. Yeah. What was y- it? Yogurt. It's not yogurt. It's not. Oh. No, it was a probiotic no, 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 no. pill,
1: right?
0: Oh, okay. It's,
2: a, it's yeah. actually a pill that they were saying that didn't even have. Was not even derived from dairy or anything. Really?
1: Yeah, he's really big into like those sort of like pill supplement stuff. Mm. From, yeah. I like, gather.
2: And yeah, no, because when you were talking about like things that you would or wouldn't do, like sometimes I like, should I pursue more commercial work? And then like, well, would an agent be okay with me being like, and it has to be all vegan companies? And I don't think so. And I don't. I mean, like pharmaceutical stuff, like is obviously not vegan. But you'd also have to like in reject the entirety of Western medicine and prescription medication in order to not do something that was tested on animals because in order to be approved by the FDA, it has right. to be. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I mean, they're working, they, the scientists, are working <laughs> on doing, like, uh, things where you can just do it in the lab because also, like, really, like, animals are not always the most effective model for... Showing how drugs are going. To yeah, my dad, right. my dad
0: told me that they do, like, primarily bacterial tests to, to test for met, you know, like mutation, for example. Like, well, let's mutate your DNA and give you cancer. That's, right. that's, a, that's a quick bacterial test, and they can just do it on bacteria. Uh, I don't know if that's technically vegan or not. Uh, sure. It, I mean, it's it, bacteria. It, I don't think any it's, it's a living organism, but, no, but no, I, I, don't I, I breathe... About yeah. no, of those. I, I mean, should. yeah. Vegetables Many bacteria live in my right body, too.
2: and they yeah. must. Yeah. Like, so, probiotic. Yeah. But,
1: and you're not necessarily... Well, yeah. Anyway.
2: But, yeah, I, I I guess what I'm saying is, like, I didn't know that... Like, I, I thought it was just, like, set up as this very, like, silly, funny thing. And it was kind of, like, tonally off from the rest of the way that show is, if you've ever seen it. And then we came on, and he's nice, a la, la la. And they're like, okay, well, here are these supplements. And, like showed us different foods that you shouldn't eat to get bloated but like i wasn't aware that like by the end it was like that supplement is going to help you audience you all get the supplement yes. yeah that that which, part was really weird and like which was like a very like oprah you get a car but instead it's like
1: you, you get to poop yeah
2: <laughs> yeah and yeah. i was like oh okay like but i didn't by the end it was like so different from this like silly video that i had made that i was like oh, it's starting to feel like an infomercial. Yeah, and <laughs> that I feel like is. that is a
1: dramatic... Yeah, I, I, I had like, no
2: idea it was going to be like
1: that. Yeah, and I feel like in my case it wasn't nearly... like I never felt like I was being duped into anything.
2: I didn't feel duped. I just was like, oh, well, it's also on me. I've never watched this show. <laughs> sure, no,
3: but, a, but, but a little bit. But like, duped in the sense of if you had known how it was going to end, you probably wouldn't have started.
0: And
2: all, I don't know if I would or wouldn't. Well, That's but like,
0: like,
3: yeah.
2: to an
0: extent, like with stuff like that, and I'm not saying this is how you should feel, but I always feel whenever I hear a story like this or get involved in something like this, it takes a turn at some point. I always feel like they knew it was going to turn this way and they are advertising something and they're using me for free.
1: Right. You know? Yeah.
0: Um, so they're making an enormous profit here. Uh, if everything goes according to plan uh, on the back of free labor.
2: Whereas if it were an actual commercial, I would be getting paid. Right. Yeah. So, and it's, it's it's different. I mean, it's I don't know if that
0: makes it better.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> that's the thing is I, I, I'm taking pay for this. Um, and again, I want to point out, like, there's no reason to think this is a scam. This is just what was put into my head by the conversation I had with a friend of mine ahead of time. Um, but it just, it got me thinking about, you know, where does one draw the line when you are being paid to do this, right. when you need the money.
2: Well, the claims Shoot. that they make that you talk about that have been around for year, years—they are around for years—and worded so specifically because that is what is like legally right. I'm yeah. Sure.
1: So. And that makes sense,
0: right? If you if, if you ever want to like make yourself crazy, you can go and look up like what like the weasel words are for advertising, and then you mm-hmm. just see them everywhere. Like more, as long as it's decontextualized, it just means more than a rock. You
3: know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um. oh, I, no, that's why nobody ever used to get mad when um, I, and I don't know why this irked me so much but when it, uh, it, there were diet Pepsi's or diet Dr. Pepper's slogan was
0: Tastes more like regular Dr
3: Pepper. Yeah, t- it tastes mm-hmm. more. Yeah, it tastes more like regular Dr Pepper without a qualifier. Yeah. yeah. So more it tastes. Than, yeah, more than a tire. More than <laughs>
0: more than licking
3: the floor. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. That's shady. Like I feel because like, in like drug advertising, you cannot do that. You would have to. If really? I wrote that, they would say like more than what, and you have to provide the study description because it's the FDA. And to and then, think, and think he's to a think... doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, is,
0: yeah. But he, I mean, he's a living pepper. That so, is true, Like, yeah. he's not yeah. human. His morals are already are, off. I don't fitness. think he's covered by the FDA because he's not a human. That's true. But sorry. he is a food.
3: He is, he is a food.
2: And or, no, he's a drink, sorry. Not sure well, ladies. I don't know. I mean...
1: <laughs> Nobody knows. It's the enigma of the Dr. Pepper. It's
2: true.
3: Uh, I feel like Dave's uh, telling us how uh, how they're going to get you is usually our sign to move on to the next story.
1: <laughs> usually, usually.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah.
0: That's that's the point at which you want to head me off because <laughs> after this we're all putting on a tinfoil hat.
3: Yep. Uh, so I guess it's my turn. It is your turn. I, I'm debating punting to a different story. Because the story that I was going to tell was relatively heavy, and I feel like we've been relatively white. So I'm thinking I might tell a different story and tell this... Tell is, my, This is your call, sir. Tell, tell I think we can take stuff. the heaviness. I think we have built it up, a nice head of steam
1: for Happy, that if you want to bring to the heavy and the dark, we can take it. So
0: usually when I, when I go to, uh, like, this is how the world actually works is when we bring it down a notch, right? Yeah.
3: Okay, well, uh, I'll vote. Heavy or white?
2: Oh, no, so much responsibility. <laughs> Why not just go with what you wanted to talk yeah, about? Okay. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll, go,
3: I'll go, go with what I want go. to talk about. Um, okay, uh, my wife and I have a rule uh, about onion dip. Uh, onion dip and ruffled potato chips. Uh, that if either of us mention... That maybe we should consider having that for dinner. We are both obligated to have that for dinner. So you're not mentioning it as a suggestion. You're saying, "Hey, we're doing this uh, because it is our uh, it, it is our thing that makes us feel better in a stressful day. Like it's it's so wrong. You know that it's so wrong because you're going to feel crappy afterwards. And but like at the moment while you're doing it. Getting like a giant crazy bag of Ruffles potato chips and eating onion dip. You, it's glorious. There's nothing else in the world other than these awesome chips.
0: Just, um, uh, just to quickly return to advertising, by yeah. the way, Ruffles' is, uh, tagline, ha- Ruffles has ridges, is completely true.
3: Yes. Yeah, yeah they're the most honest advertiser. And the, and the beauty of, uh, of the whole thing, as I've gotten older, uh, and I'm more uh, weight conscious, uh, is that if I just don't take the lactate stuff, then I just poop it all out that night, <laughs> and then it's all gone. Um, so uh, I actually do that with ice cream too. Like I can eat
1: this because I'll just my lactose intolerance will take care of the weight. Yeah, it's totally fine. Um, so
3: uh, I
2: don't. Is that scientific? It, yeah, it sure. It, yes. it may.
3: It, it may. may. It yeah. may. It may. It's more scientific trust, trust than me. the other. Trust friends. me, I weigh the potato chips and the poop at the beginning oh, and end okay. of each night, yeah. and it right. all it all adds up. Right. Uh, I don't do that because okay. that would be the, the batshit shit, craziest thing a person could do. So, um, so I had a particularly stressful week, um, necessitating a chips and dip type situation. As a matter of fact, when you all leave. We're eating chips and dip for dinner. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, no, I'm totally fine with it. It's super cool. Great. Uh, and so I started thinking about like what, like when that all first started. You know, because there are certain things that like for some people it's like corn on the cob makes everything wonderful. So I was thinking back to like when when chips and dip became a thing for me. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tangent away and then I'll come back. So uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, then you know uh, that my mother was a heroin addict when I was growing up, um, which does not relate to chips and dip initially, I admit, uh, and, uh, the thing about being a, uh, a single parent, uh, with a child and also being a heroin addict is sometimes you just gotta go buy drugs with your kid, um, which really you don't, but sometimes, you know, um, They would make the argument that you did. Um, So uh, frequently, uh, when my mom was going to buy drugs, uh, she would take me along with her. It's not like today where you can order on the Internet and some dude just kind of comes over and it's all weird, uh, which I've never done, but I hear. Uh, We would drive. We were in Yonkers at the time. We would drive uh, someplace in the Bronx to go, you know, for her to go do that. Uh, and at the time, I didn't know why we were doing it. It wasn't until um, after we stopped taking those... Well, we we just called them, we're going to go for a ride. Um, uh, it wasn't until after we stopped taking those rides that I found out what they were for. Uh, it was just I went on those rides. Uh, and... Can I uh, ask a question? Yeah.
0: How old were you at the
3: time? Um, seven, eight, nine, Wow, something like that. Uh, so uh we would basically drive for a little while to a neighborhood that i did not know but i knew was kind of shady uh it was always at night uh and then she would just get out of the car uh and i would be in the car and she wouldn't even like lock the door Whoa. like she would just get out of the car and it, like it wasn't it was before like automated uh electric uh locks or at least in the cars that she could afford uh so and, and her car was like atrociously bad um, it was like the, the example that I usually give is that there were so many fumes backing into the car when you drove it, um, that for at least six months, you had to have a rag over your face when you were driving in the car. Um, wow. and there was cardboard over the, um, the passenger side because you could see the floor. I mean, you could see like the road underneath cause it had been worn down. It was a shit car. Uh, but I would sort of go in there. And uh, she would leave. And typically she would be gone for about 20 minutes. Um, and uh, as a little kid who kind of fears the world, it is a, 20 minutes is for fucking ever. Uh, and I had had it sort of determined in my mind that uh, as long as I hid sort of like underneath, you know, where your feet go, that I'd be kind of fine. Um, so I would... As soon as she got in the, out of the car, I would lock all the doors uh, and then sort of slide into that area, kind of looking up. Uh, but what that does is it makes it so that you can't actually see anyone around you. It means they can't see you, and therefore can't like take you, you know, or whatever. Uh, but you can't see them, so it takes on a bit, it takes on that feeling of like uh, you know, in the movies when somebody is like hiding in the closet and they hear somebody like, wandering around, but, like, they just know they need to keep super quiet. Um, that was sort of my experience sitting there. And nothing really ever happened other than hearing conversations kind of, like, right outside the door, but never addressing me or anything like that. Uh, so I, uh, you know, after 20 minutes would come back, we we had somehow made this mental agreement that we would just never talk about it. So I would wait till what sounded like her coming back uh, and immediately like unlock the door. Cause I kind of wanted her to believe that I hadn't locked the door because it seemed somehow like wussy, even though I was eight and you're allowed to be wussy at eight. Um, so I would, uh, you know, I would, I would unlock the door and she would come. And then traditionally we would always go to her boyfriend John's house afterwards because, Hey, you just bought some drugs. What do you want to do with them? Right. Right. Um, and her boyfriend John was, uh, the way i've I've described him is he'd somebody who called everybody chief uh you know, like hey Bucko, hey buddy, how's it going Chief um wore like a lot of denim. It was the eighties, so everybody wore a lot of denim, but he was just kind of that guy who was like overly friendly but in a really scummy kind of way um so we would go there uh afterwards and like hang out for a little bit. And then here's a thing that it took me, like, probably a bunch more years to understand was not particularly normal. I mean, I understood that the rest of that stuff was not particularly normal. Um, At that point, they would both say, hey, we're going to go to the bathroom. We'll be back in a little while. And because I didn't know why they were going there, I assumed that when adults loved each other very much, they went to the bathroom together for about 20 minutes. And I also knew how long it took to go to the bathroom. And I knew that if you pee it's relatively quick. Mm-hmm. But if you poop, it takes a little bit longer. So, for a large portion of my early youth, I assumed that it was perfectly normal for two adults to watch each other poop <laughs> in the bathroom. That makes sense actually.
2: Like yeah. I can see the yeah. logic. Yeah.
3: Very yeah, intimate. So, uh
0: I was going to like try and break down their logic and be like, well, why, why the bathroom is supposed to be like, hey, we'll, we'll be in the bedroom. But then you might walk into the bedroom, whereas kids think the bathroom is gross.
3: Well, we, we also have a sink so, and everything. John's apartment, to be fair to the whole experience, um, wasn't really his apartment. It was his room in his mom's house. Oh,
0: John, that's, that's a wrinkle. John sounds like yeah. a
3: winner. Yeah. 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 Uh, but you could enter through, like, the back gate area so you could go directly into his apartment uh-huh. but like they would leave me in the bedroom because um, there was really nowhere else to put me because we didn't really try and use the rest of the apartment
1: do you have a vague idea of how old your mom and this guy were at this point uh i
3: would say probably mid-30s wow okay do you know what became of john i do not hmm. um uh in my entire time she had two boyfriends. Uh one, I believe uh his name was Tony. Um uh and we all used to live together until I was five. And then I heard he got a job upstate. Which turns out was he got arrested for breaking and entering mm-hmm. and got a job upstate yeah, right. uh four five to ten. Uh so Uh, He was gone, and then there was John. Uh, John eventually uh, kind of disappeared from her life after I moved away. So I don't know exactly what happened. Um, But uh, So they would go uh, for 20 minutes sort of into the bathroom, uh, and the thing that they would leave me with was chips and dip. I would sit in front of the TV and have chips and dip all to myself uh, and just pig out and sort of like be in that moment, you know, because I didn't, I blissfully didn't know what was going on in the bathroom. And when they got back, they were definitely weird. Like, I remember a specific situation where um, they were arguing, and I was supposed to be asleep, like in the room on a little cot. And uh, John was confident that I was awake, because I was, because they were yelling at each other. Uh, and my mom was trying to defend me, but I had like my eyes closed as hard as you possibly can in a way that would indicate like, this person is clearly not asleep, but this person is like fighting to keep their eyes closed. Uh, yeah. And he would, he would get sort of that like paranoid, angry kind of thing, uh, afterwards. Uh, and we had to leave that, that particular night. She just sort of grabbed me and said, Hey, we're the hell out of here. Uh, so, frequently, like, I would try and fall asleep pretty quickly after that. But my one sort of escape was that was that chips and dip that was for me. And I'd, I'd watch horror movies and things that I really shouldn't have, like a seven-year-old. Like, Revenge of the... Uh, Night of the Living Dead 2 was my favorite movie until I was, like, 13. Nice. Um, because I had seen it a bunch of times, and I had a limited movie exposure. Uh, and for some reason, like, while I was in that, in that scenario, nothing hurt me. Uh, so now I realize that I still kind of use that same thing this many years later to say whatever kind of thing that is, that's bugging me for this half an hour, it will be glorious and then I will poop it all out. But uh, until uh, then,
0: it's interesting to me to hear you describe sort of the psychology of that because like, you know, you say like you were unaware of what they were doing, but you like, I, I definitely ate my feelings a lot growing up. But I was also unaware, sort of, that I was doing it. You know, like I was unaware of how stressed and upset I was. And it sounds sort of the same. Like you you knew something was wrong, but you couldn't articulate it, and everything was strange. Yeah. But maybe this is what adults do,
3: right? And it it was literally only like very, very, very recently that I was like, oh, like, uh, comfort food, then comfort food, like. What well, weird. That's yeah. like, that was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really wasn't until like probably four years ago that I was like, they weren't pooping. <laughs> <laughs> on a Wait much, a minute. <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a much
0: like lower scale, like um, my parents are like uh, not hoarders, but borderline-ish. They, yeah. they save a lot of stuff. They have a lot of storage units um, uh, and it wasn't until I got together – with my wife
1: that I realized that adults are allowed to throw a box away if mm-hmm. they are using the appliance. <laughs> yeah, actually my, I went through something very similar to my parents. My mom was also a borderline hoarder. And I told you the story of the glider where I had this little toy um, Red Winged Blackbird glider and I was playing with it in the car and the tail fin got sucked out the window and I got so mad because like, without it it will not you can't fly it so I just crumpled the thing up and then my mom pulled the car over, drove it backwards, spent like 10 minutes walking along the side of the road found the tail fin piece, gave it to me looked me in the eye and said, this is why you never throw anything away. I want you to keep this in your desk as a reminder of why you should never throw anything away. And like for the longest time, I'm like, I guess I never throw anything away now. That's just how you are as a person, as a grown-up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... They can do interesting
3: things to your uh, psyche. Yeah, another reason not to have kids because you will definitely fuck them (laughs) up.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I will
0: make some terrible errors. Yeah.
3: Uh, all right. I think it's time for our guest to tell her yeah. right? Now that we've made her sit here and listen to our crap for no,
2: not crap. 40 I, mean, minutes. I was listening too because, like, I was like, "Oh, I also have border hoard, hoarder." <laughs> <laughs> <Board> <laughs> order,
3: like, border
0: hoarder,
2: but I also didn't realize, like, until I moved out and, like, I was like 24 and I moved from Long Island to my first apartment in the city in the East Village that uh, people clean. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. which made
2: me probably not a good roommate at first because I didn't know... Like, I knew not to make a mess. Like, that seemed to make sense. But I didn't know that people, like, employed cleaning products that they had purchased and even when they had not made a mess in the moment on a weekly, monthly, however, whatever basis that they would use those products. I,
3: things. I had an apartment for two years in college. We never owned a mop. Uh, there was a day that we... Uh, dropped a gravy bowl all over the floor and we basically committed to just working it in.
1: <laughs>
3: God. <laughs> like we did an initial cleaning but like you always knew where that gravy bowl had landed. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. That's fine. No, I mean,
1: I've, I've lived my filthy life as well. I mean, well. that's college though. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. yeah.
2: And this was like, I mean, yeah, and I had to- like lived, I lived at home in college, so I didn't know you know, that that was a thing. And then my roommate was just, I think, started like passive-aggressively talking about cleaning and like doing cleaning in front of me. And I was just like, oh, thanks. <laughs> like I was not getting it. And then after a bit, I was like, oh, wait a second. This is a thing that people do. That's why there are cleaning products advertised on television.
1: It's interesting, to. Realize that everyone has a very dramatically different life experience, and as we all start to live our own lives independently, and we're all figuring out, like you were saying, and, and you were saying too, like how our families fucked us up in very specific, unique ways, and how we're bumping up against other people who've also had that too. Yeah. Well, yeah, because yeah. like the other
0: thing is, Lynn, you were one of my first friends in New York. Yeah. So I definitely went to that East Village apartment like a couple times, and um, I didn't it's funny to hear you say that you never cleaned it, because I never would have known. And it's not because, like, going back in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, there was stuff everywhere, and it was kind of dirty. But at the time, uh, I was coming from my own experience of being like, I don't know what adults do. Maybe this is normal. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Well, it was
2: also a fifth floor walk-up with no living room.
0: And yeah was there was just, a, like, i remember there was no
2: space to even be like messy dirty. there was a hallway,
0: a bedroom, and the kitchen was sort of in the hallway right yeah it oh, was, wow
2: it, and it it wasn't that it was filthy it was like it was just uh like and she cleaned it and then once my when she moved out and I had another roommate like I kind of started cleaning it but
3: yeah. did, when you say roommate like did you share a room?
2: no, okay. she shared what was sort of supposed to be the living room.
1: I kind of got turned into but a But it was also,
2: yeah, because my room was 6 by 10 and hers was 12 by 10, which is a dramatic difference. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I found out that she was actually paying less than me. Mm. And when I, when I found that out, I was like, why am I paying? And she was like, oh, because my room is the common area. I was like, is it? Because we don't present <laughs> Never like that. It, yeah. So then I started being like, well, what if I have a guest? Can I stay in the common area? And she was like, oh, yeah. So I tested it one time and I was like, hey, my friend is staying here tonight. And she was furious because it was her bedroom. <laughs> right. Anyway, stories. Uh, well, I guess that's, I was going to talk about it was. It's more like two anecdotes than a full story, which makes me a bad storyteller. But um,
3: I Not actually encountered
2: two different types of hecklers in the past couple of weeks, uh, and also like just trying to figure out like how I respond to hecklers. It's always like, what's the best way of dealing with that person, and kind of like. Sometimes judging myself afterward, like, instead of focusing on, like, that person's a dickhead. I wish they hadn't been dickhead. T- oh, did I do the right thing for myself and for my audience? Which, now that I'm thinking about it, kind of relates to, like, behavior in general. Like, when someone wrongs me, do I handle it right? Oh, no, wait, they're a jerk. Uh, so, like, the the first heckler was in the clueless heckler category, which you might put me into at the beginning of uh, this show. And uh, it was at a coffee shop on Long Island. Um, So it was already kind of like one of those show situations where you feel like everything might be stacked against you because people are having conversations, meetings, working in this coffee shop at 8 o'clock on a Friday night. It is brightly lit. There is a uh, cappuccino machine going off about every five minutes as we sit there with the mic. Oh, you want a blended drink? (laughs) So like, okay, this is a good place for stand-up comedy. And I I have to say also, like, anytime anyone asks me to do a show, I am honored and thrilled.
0: Please tell me they had an old-timey register that went ka-chung every time.
2: (laughs) No, but actually I have done a show at some place where the register went off. Nice. Um, So, yeah, so that was working against us. But my parents came, and my parents have not seen me do stand-up in over a year. Uh, they have seen me on, like do it in video on video, but they haven't actually seen me do it. So they got there like, and you know that like comedy shows, uh, like bar coffee shop shows, generally do not start on time, uh, as opposed to maybe a theater show. But they were there like super early. They were the <laughs> only two people there for the show before I even got there. And so they're all like, "Yeah, it's, we're going out. It's a Friday night. Because like they never go out anywhere really." Uh, So they're excited to see the show and hanging out with them. And uh, I should also explain that, like, my dad, my dad works in TV. And my dad uh, is, like, a pretty big fan of comedy, like, probably more than I am. Like, I brought a friend, and uh, I did not even know this about her background. But as soon as I introduced her by her first name, my dad was like, Oh, were you a producer on the uh, Greg Fitzsimmons podcast? And she's like, "Well, yes, I am. And he's like, oh, I, I knew it by her first name. And, wow. Uh, I' was like, oh, I had no idea. So like my dad is way more of like a comedy fan. Like I'm not a big comedy fan girl for whatever reason, I just do it, but I'm not like, you know, I don't like comedy. you guys both me on your shows That's what I'm, <laughs> what I'm say. Uh, so yes, and so uh, so the show starts. there's another there's another comic uh, on on stage. And, uh, there has been a guy there the entire time talking, but he's not like close to the stage. He's further back by the coffee shop part. So it's all, it's a sort of that question of like, yeah, it's inappropriate to be talking while there's a show. But We also kind of ambushed your life with this show mm-hmm. kind of a thing, uh, mm-hmm. It, like which happens, I feel like in bars and like
1: yeah, like a show Genscher will yeah 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 is that one guy who's just drinking just
3: wants to drink by himself and or whatever he's
2: talking he has his laptop open yeah and
0: Dustin we had that happen once with a bartender
3: yes Oof. where we almost got
2: we, we almost, almost got murdered
0: killed. by a bartender was bird. the
2: bartender talking during the show
0: yeah yeah. He didn't realize that the show was going on in the bar he was tending bar in.
2: Oh, yeah, I've, I've had yeah. that happen, and, too.
0: And Well, then he thought that one of us on stage who was giving a line to another person on stage was talking to him and flipped <laughs> out, and, like, threatened to murder us.
3: And just to be clear, the level of danger that we were in, he was a member of the Hell's Angels. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> who had basically their HQ... Across the street.
2: Where yeah. was that?
0: It was on. It's on uh, East Seventh. Yeah, it was oh, a bar called okay. Detention. I,
2: yeah, well, I lived right near. The
0: yeah, area. yeah. Uh, the Hells Angels are down there, and um, Good to know. the Hells Angels had apparently gone into this bar and said, "We work here." And the bar and the like owners of the bar were like, uh, "We already got bartenders.
1: No, no, no. We work here.
0: So
2: they're basically like the mob.
1: For that, for that, at least, for at least not yeah, one that one place. No, I mean biker, biker gangs are. I mean, they also involve drug running and a lot of sh- the if same of shit. If you're Hell's sh- Angels,
0: listening to this podcast, Morgan is speaking hey for Morgan. No,
1: what? Look, yeah. I'm just speaking I from like, I really news. like Hell's
2: Angels. I like they they're lovely really people. It's nice a great
1: organization. Really Can like you get involved? <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry to derail your story with with my own mind. Right. Well,
2: yeah. So there, this guy was not a Hell's Angel. <laughs> he uh, was a red-headed gentleman with glasses. Um, Here's what just went through my head. He is in a wheelchair, and I just thought, oh no, is that terrible? If I share that information that he's in a wheelchair, does that make me some anti able able? Am I ableist, guys? I, okay. Anyway,
1: you already shared that he's redheaded, which you know. I mean, if you're already gonna be listing that, then the wheelchair thing. Come on.
2: All right. Well, now you can picture him. He's working on his laptop and talking, and in the middle of the comic set, he raises his hand. <laughs> Which is not a common uh, way to interact or communicate during a comedy show, but is more polite than yelling something out. Uh, So the comic just looks at him and kind of calls on him, confused, like, uh, yes? Like, I guess, speak? (laughs) (laughs) And then, so, I I wish I remembered what the topic was, but, like, it, it was only vaguely relevant to the topic, but included... Well, I'm a Scientologist, so I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess is a way that they spread now, Because I always thought that they just, like, had, like, the... I knew they had, like, the tests, like, the stress tests, where they would try to, like... It, or, and I've had, like, very, very attractive people approach me in the street and try to, you know, give me literature about Scientology. I did not know that they had more of, like, a hip viral uh, <laughs> team that was... Like raising, a street team. Yeah, yeah, a street team. That's that going
0: was, to comedy shows yeah, and asking in, questions. and coffee shops and raising Play, their hands yeah. and
2: uh, irrelevantly <laughs> explaining that they are a <laughs> colleges.
1: And so this gives their, what follows next to have a lot more gravitas. And, oh, yeah. So, yeah. so everyone,
2: was like, yeah, suddenly everyone was like, oh, wow, all right. I didn't, oh, excuse me, yeah. I didn't
3: you know you were certified. certified. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Alright, comics, shut up. <laughs> Man has something to say.
2: Yeah, it, and it was just like, it was just very weird. But it wasn't it didn't feel, like, confrontational or anything, the way, like, some drunk idiot yelling out would. It just was, like, sort of confusing. And, like, okay, this is odd, but I, you're being polite, maybe? Even though nobody raises their hand at a comedy <laughs> show unless the comic asks them to. So uh, so they're chatting about Scientology, and, like, uh, and the guy's like, well, have you read about Scientology? And all of... The, I mean, the comic on stage is kind of like, have you, do you know what they've done? Did you watch the the HBO documentary, he was like, no, I, I don't really do that. I just, you know, I do my own Scientology thing. I don't, like, read about it or watch the die. <laughs> is he freelance
0: Scientologist? I,
2: I don't know. I guess he just doesn't want to know. Well, I, well, right. I mean, that kind of makes sense, though, I guess. Like, if you don't want to read
1: anything Well, he's probably told anti- that, like, not to by the organization, that it's all lies and that they're just spreading. Right, and, this and if you think it's all emo. bullshit,
2: although if somebody was talking bullshit about me, I would want to read all of it. So that I can refute it, <laughs> sure. but you know, I'm not, I'm not this man, I mean, and then I'm not a Scientologist in the coffee shop raising my hand. So, so they're having this like kind of weird, and, and sometimes it's actually kind of fun. I feel like as a comic to engage someone weird in the audience, and like part of what makes live comedy fun, as long as it's not like too over the top. Right. Uh, and uh, so they're having this conversation, and my, then my uh, my dad. Yells out, he's a heckler! <laughs> <laughs> heckler. And I was like, oh my god, stop, dad, not it! Uh, and me and my mom were looking, we're like, okay,
0: Gerald, don't worry, I've identified him. <laughs> the authorities are on their way. And so, yeah, so
2: he's a heckler, and then the comic con stage is like. No, it's, it's, he's like, no, no, it's fine. He raised his hand. We're having a conversation. And he's like, he, and my dad's like, no, <laughs> he's been talking the entire show.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure.
3: Yeah. I like that your dad's like, nobody else knows this, but I'm going yeah. to tell that. I'm revealing something here, guys. Well,
2: I think what, and I. I didn't really talk to him that much about it after, but I, I think where it was coming from was that he, he felt like this person had violated the natural order and was still being respected and should not have been, right. and he did not like how that was going. So he felt he needed to yell that out, even though not you, maybe re- fully recognizing the irony.
1: Do you feel on some level maybe he was also trying to protect you since he knew you yes. were going to be going? Okay.
2: Yes, and uh, so that happened. And then that kind of got brought to a close, but I was like, oh, no. And keep in mind, there's, like, barely any people in this coffee shop, or if they are, they're not really paying attention. So it's not, like, the worst thing. And neither the Scientologist nor the comic want to, like, escalate the situation, so it it de-escalates. And I do my uh, set for, like, the four people listening, (laughs) including my enthusiastic parents. (laughs) And that, yeah, that's happening. Every so often, just at the, at I, the punchline. Does that I help? Thank you, sound effects. And then uh, time to leave, and uh, or at least the show is over. And my parents cut out real fast because they're like, "Oh boy, it's ten o'clock at night. Gotta drive home." Uh, and my dad says goodbye, kisses me on the cheek, and runs. <laughs> now you guys know a little bit of history, but for people who don't know me, which, like, okay, I don't know why you don't, but whatever. Um, The, I, my dad is not a very, like, affectionate person at all, and, uh, for, and I have, like, had trouble with it throughout a large part of my life where my mom's family is super, like, we're gonna kiss up on you and we love you and you've got the most beautiful eyebrows. And my dad's family is like, why did you kiss him on the cheek? You're only leaving for a few hours. You know, like, they're, very polar opposite and so when I for years when I would like hug my dad he would push me away and make a face but in like a jokey kind of adolescent way although like it's gotten better but he's never kissed me on the cheek in my memory that's nice so I was like oh that's kind of nice I guess it's um
0: he came to your defense and then yeah like a like a like a chaste knight (laughs) kissed you on the cheek
2: yeah so I was like oh this is kind of like where a heckler pulled us together I have another husband, yeah. but I don't know how long this is going. So no, I no, trying to it. It. go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, so then the other this is that's kind of like a nice outcome. This is a bad outcome. Uh, I I produce a, sometimes this show uh, called Stand Up and Sing at Union Hall, which with Brandon Scott Wolf and who is a comic, and it is comics doing their sets and then they do karaoke after uh, to a song of their choosing, and it was a really fun show, uh, but. There were people talking up front, like, I mean, like, at the beginning of the show, which is always, like, a, uh-oh. And so we start engaging them, and we ask the guy what his name is, and he says, my name is Air. A-I-R, Air, like the air we breathe. And we were like, oh, hello, Air. And somebody uh, was repeating, like, the last line of all of his witticisms behind him, you know, when, like, you have this kind of, like, jackass, uh... Like I, I I I kind of thought of it as a hype man, but like like it was I thought of like you know like Cypress Hill and like how Sendog repeats like the last line like we ain't going out like that we like we ain't going out but like for comedy but like the <laughs> stupidest shit that you could say in the audience and that we were like well what's your name guy behind him repeating <laughs> the last line he's like you can call me fire. So the show was on to, really...
0: If they get Earth, water, and heart, they got Captain Planet.
2: Yeah, so we we were like, are you... Because there was, like, a woman who was heckling, too. And um, I I find that, like, women heckle less. But if they do, it's usually that they're, like, very drunk and just want to think that they're part of the show and that it's okay to do. Like, Mm. if they think they're just, like, having a great time with everybody. This was not quite like that. And, I was, and, like, everyone kept saying, like, a lot of the comics, like, are you, are you guys on drugs? Like, what drugs are you on? Because they kept talking and it was, like, kind of on that line of, like, eh, is this funny or are you starting to get annoying and, like, jump my jokes and fuck things up?
1: Right.
2: And, like, how do I handle this as a producer and a host? And uh, the audience seemed to be enjoying the interaction between the comics and them, so even though they could not necessarily uh, get all the way through their material... Uh, but some one of them just his whole like eight minutes was just him interacting with these hecklers, but it was really funny. So I was like, kind of, I was on the fence. So I was like, is this okay? Like, is this like again? Is this like this is what makes live comedy fun when it feels like it's on the edge of chaos, or is this like annoying bullshit? I still don't know the answer to that.
3: Uh, I, I would venture to say annoying bullshit. I, I, in my experience, like it's generally the producers responsibility to get those people the fuck out
2: well also like i was like is there somebody gonna try to bounce them that's a good because question because has... we're hosting on stage you know and so mm. we're like and like what am i like like these weird people gonna listen to like
1: me does, does union they... hall have sort of a yeah they
2: have a door person okay so but I, it was like on the edge where i was like if they do something a little worse, I have to think about that. But now it's sort of funny, and, like, trying mm-hmm. to make that judgment while also running this show, and, like... Uh,
0: security at shows has always been a thing I've been, like... I found well, they don't freaky. specifically have security. Yeah, no, that's, my, that's right. my thing. Like, like almost no venues do. Like, the theater I perform at most frequently has one paid employee in the space. And there's, like... If the audience got together and <laughs> was like, let's tear this place apart... There'd be 60 of them, you know? Yeah.
2: And, and and like, this is not... I mean, they're a great venue, and, like, they're actually one of my favorite venues to work with. Um, so I, I don't know, like, what the right answer of how to deal. Like, I'm just talking it through. Uh, but... So so the show ends. It's, it's actually really fun. It's probably, like, the one of the most fun shows I've ever produced. There were, like, 70 people there who I did not even know. And even I was just like, why are you at, this sh- at my show? <laughs> and then uh, afterwards, Fire comes up to me. It's like, hey.
0: Uh the post-heckle chat? Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: And he was, like, he was not as bad as Air and this woman whose name we didn't get. And he he's like, hey, I'm sorry if we... We're screwing up your show," I said. "Well, yeah, you kind of were. So maybe not you as much as the people you're with." And he was kind of like, "Well, I kind of know them, but I'm—I don't know this person." Kind of like distancing himself a little bit and apologizing. And oh, I also need to add that uh, at some point, uh, F- uh, Air turned around at the end of the show and passionately kissed Fire on the mouth.
0: Oh,
2: okay. Mm. Uh. Just thought I would add that in. Uh, and I later found out that, uh, Air and Fire are, I may be getting this wrong, who is who, the, uh, ex-boyfriend and brother of the female heckler. So, okay. e- either her ex-boyfriend kissed her brother, or her brother kissed her boyfriend.
1: That's um, fun. Interesting.
2: Uh,
0: just, just, So were they, were they in some sort of, like, heckle, th- incestuous three-way, <laughs> Where they were trying to outdo each other heckle style?
2: No, the the fire was not, but I think, like, we were just, we had been making jokes earlier, like, about them, like, like, about, like, the the goal of this show is for everybody to, just, like, stupid shit, and I think they just took us up on that theme, right. and, like, ended up kissing, but I was like, oh... There might be an issue of consent right there. What just happened? Yet everyone is laughing, and even from the stage, I was like, "That guy just kissed you," and everyone's laughing. But he also kind of like grabbed you and did that for comedy purposes, and that's not really. Cool. Oh, okay. So
1: it wasn't okay. I thought this is an actual like relationship they had. No, that's interesting. no, they
2: didn't really know. Like I think it, they were like a an ex boyfriend and a brother of this woman, but had not maybe met before. Oh today. wow. Okay. So there's a lot going on. Yeah. So, yeah. So fire. Uh, is doing his apology and that we're chatting and, like, he, he doesn't seem as bad as the other two. When I feel my legs pulled out from underneath me, from behind. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And, uh, yeah, pulled out from underneath me. My neck is wrenched. I turn around. Somebody has basically, like, tried to lift me up from the bottom and behind, and then run.
1: Oh, and they put you back down again and then yeah. Just bolted?
2: Yeah. And it turned out to be unnamed female heckler. That's
1: so weird. She
2: was like, so while the guy was, like, apologizing, she thought a good way to relate to me post-show was to try to lift me in the air and reactivate my old pinched nerve neck injury. Jeez. Which, uh, it's... it's getting better now but like i did spend like the last two weeks like in neck pain on top of having a sinus infection oh, so this is like where the heckler line is definitely drawn like do not physically assault this person and i'm sure she did not think it was like an assault she was not like attempting to injure me but also maybe never ever lift up another human without yeah, their yeah. it's
1: still technically True. assault anytime someone touches you without your Consent, that's assault, what she did, whether or not she meant it maliciously or not.
2: Yeah. Um, Uh, That's
3: fucked up. I have found that female hecklers are generally, like, worse than male hecklers, in the sense that, like, most, most women have, like, a barrier that says, like, this is not a thing that you should do, but once they've crossed it, like, they're there, man. Like, they are just, like... Uh, and if there's a guy on stage, like, they're going to talk about his penis no matter what and how and how huh. small it is and how awful it is and stuff like that. Like, they're going to go at, like, the personal shit, like, really hard. Whereas, like, guys have varying levels of heckler.
0: Yeah, as a, as a data point, the worst heckle I ever got was a female. Uh, but thinking back, almost every heckle I've ever gotten has been from a female. I, really? Yeah. Interesting. Because I
2: feel like I've gotten, like, 90% men... Yeah. Uh, and I would say, in general, men are more want to, like, entitled and appropriate oh, audience Oh, that's behavior.
0: generally my imp- impression. But, like, also, I don't really do stand-up. So, right. like, a lot it's of a that... It's a different kind of it's heckle. A, yeah. For yeah. improv, it's a different type of heckle of, like, am I in the show? Um, is this audience participation part... And or also, this, this is terrible, I hate it. Uh, sorry, you're having a bad time.
3: Um, I, I only really like to heckle Morgan and I try and do it as we well. going Yeah, no, the, nice. actually most of my heckles, I would say the majority of my heckles Wait, come from Dustin Diablo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's heckled
1: in both shows we did Thursday and Friday. Okay. <laughs> heckles are loose. And, and I do storytelling, <laughs> so I get the least heckles of all of you guys, because storytelling is this weirdly supportive community, and it's mostly other storytellers in the No, it's exactly anyway. more
2: supportive. But,
1: but then there's Dustin, throwing right. off the data point, the, right. the data curve. Thank
3: you. No, actually, it was, it, it was loose, loosely heckling. Okay. It was.
2: Okay. weren't really heckling. Yeah. So Morgan and I did our show, released it Friday that we host, and uh, Dustin was in the audience. What did, did What did you say?
3: Um, I, I he. Uh, oh, what did I say? Oh, because he had talked about uh, experimenting during college, and I was like, "Oh, really?" And he's like, "Never mind, just moving on." To this, oh, right, this, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And he was talking about experimenting with, with martial with, arts. Well, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. I was, I was inferring a lot of things, but it was in regard to a woman who said that she had experimented with martial arts in college. Oh, um right. and then yeah, then at the uh, storytelling yeah. show on Thursday, you made some crack about my
3: enjoyment of Transformers. Right, because he said like he, he, he said. It. Yeah, he 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 pointed out that he's fighting barbs as I recall that that he had just sort of gotten over an obsession with transformers and I was like gotten over or whatever it was I don't know exactly. Um,
2: Would you say that you're transphobic? I'm
3: gonna go. (laughs) All right, and I think on that note, that is probably the uh, end of our podcast for this week.
1: All right, well, guys. Audience members, thanks for listening to our show, and special thanks to Lynn for being our special guest today. Our very first first.
2: guest, guest Lynn. Lynn, do you
1: have any shows coming up, and where can people find you online?
2: Yeah, uh, so I am doing a half hour of comedy on Thursday, July twenty third at eight PM at QED in Astoria, uh, co headlining with Lane Moore, and you can find my website when it's up soon, but it's not. So you can find me on Facebook or Twitter, Lynn Bixenspan, B-I-X-E-N-S-P-A-N.
1: And uh, Dave, how about you? Uh,
0: I am showless this week, so I'll probably go to Lynn's show on Thursday the 23rd. Nice. Uh,
3: I have nothing coming up, but I do want to point out that uh, uh, on the twenty third First or twenty second, uh, Sharknado three is coming out, so I'm pretty much just preparing for that. Yeah, you've got to cancel all of your plans. In yeah, we can either side. I'll be
0: yeah.
3: here. I'll
1: be here. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, it, my I, wife I, will I, be here. Yeah, I'll be I'll be around. Um, I'm going to be a special guest on subreddit live at South Forth Bar, July twenty first at eight thirty, and you can find me at Morganstory.com. Cool, great. All, all right. right, thanks guys. Thanks everyone, and we'll see you folks in two weeks.
3: Yay. Bye
1: bye 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 you